and hello everybody. Welcome to In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. I'm Hayden Raymer. I'm joined for the first time only by Henry. We are here to talk about some Nationals baseball. How are you doing today, Henry? What's doing good? It is 2024. Yeah. You know, I'm excited, you know. Uh, just can't be more happier than like, yeah. 2024. Mm-hmm. New year, things are exciting. We're here to talk national baseball, spring training around the corner, college baseball right around the corner. Things are starting to heat up. Are you more of a college baseball guy? I pay attention to college baseball occasionally. Okay. LSU, I pay, pay attention to LSU yeah, a lot yeah. because yeah. I do like their football, but I love their baseball because – they introduced me to an aspect of the MLB at the college level, which is if you put together a huge uh, heavy-hitting squad outfielding and stuff, and you develop them and develop them, you end up having a manager who wants to say something where it's like you made an error at second and you didn't turn the play. Do you know what to do there? And somebody comes in will be like an outfielder who has worked with them, worked with them, or if they're outfielder play, they'll be like, uh, hold on, let me speak. And the manager doesn't have to speak at all. Their players are so good that the manager just sits there and mm-hmm. knows that each player individually is going to understand whose job it is to tell them what they did wrong. The manager doesn't have to do it. And I learned that. And then when I saw the Nationals doing their whole World Series thing, at one point, Martinez realized he didn't have to intervene. He only had to intervene on balls and strikes or get involved in umpire. Like he could sort of relaxed but also realize the team's being managed by senior players and mm. that's something cool i've learned about college baseball like you build a squad the players run the team the manager just sort of sets Manage, the lineup yeah. and does it yeah so ah, just uh when the nationals get back to that that's just going to be such a cool thing when they finally get those prospects or that star player and that senior mobility that's just gonna be something cool as well as that's just a gold I hope they get back to one day, you know. Like I think they're there, but at the same time they're not the standard where you can have the manager just manage. Yeah. No, I mean they're they're probably another year or two away from that. Uh, you know, twenty twenty four is kind of that litmus test for them, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know. It really is, and as we saw during August of 2023, they start pushing the limits almost wild card down. Like they sort of went on that run into September and stuff and sort of went with it and beat some teams here and there. Um, had a no hitter loss against Philly. But um, the thing is, uh, those moments are sort of laughable in 2023 for those who make the roster this year can come along and sort of laugh at them if they get a major win or if they uh, win the whole uh, blessed thing, you know, this year. Uh, those mm-hmm. just go into the memory book and are lost. Like, oh, look, blah, blah, blah. We did this against Philly and Philly did this against us. We had a horrible night. Uh, you remember when we were this and this? Like, it just 2024 has that positivity you want to see in the national. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know? speaking of positivity, I know you're absolutely positive about some changes coming to Nats Park. You want to talk about that real quick? I am positive um, that they're not running it like 
Leonis. Okay, Leonis has helped the Capitals. The Wizards are just busted, yeah. I guess you would say. I mean, it's just a mess. It is a mess. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not a big basketball guy, uh, but, I, it's, but... Uh, it's a little funny. The, the clips are pretty funny. Yeah. And the Nationals have been there before, uh, yeah. in their prior days of Ryan Zimmerman, Adam Delman, them. Uh, but uh, no, the changes that are coming to Nationals Park features getting some financial relief, money. Um, there is no scoreboard right now. They're updating the scoreboard. Uh, apparently, they've redone the lighting. Some people who have been to Enchant have noticed that the lighting is done. So, don't know what that means. Maybe the lights go out like the Braves do. And you have a, somebody come out the bullpen with the lights off, and then they cut on, or it does a little light show. I don't know, but there's some changes that financially help the Nats with the leasing and a better connection with the city, as well as uh, just capital renovations that need to be done. Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to uh, be a, yeah. a new-look Nats, uh, both at Nats Park and, you know, as a squad, mm-hmm. uh, I think. There's just going to be a lot of changes on that squad uh, on the major league side, uh, especially with a lot of the prospects that are going to be coming up uh, either at the beginning of the year or uh, into the year, uh, and you know, or coming back from injury in the case of Kate Cavalli. Uh, I guess where do you want to start on like the minor league side? Do you want to start from the bottom? Do you want to start from the top? I guess what's the most intriguing part of the national system for you? The most intriguing part is we start at the bottom, mm-hmm. and man, what can I say? Um, everybody's like, man, does the is the bottom the rough part? The bottom is you sort of start in Fredericksburg, mm-hmm. and it's quite funny if you're from Virginia. Weather here can be a mystery around April and stuff, and it's sort of like you want to start in Fredericksburg because the more you go, the more north you go, you end up in freezing cold Rochester. Mm-hmm. So it's like. If you're a rookie coming out of spring training, you're just moving into a more chillier, wet, cold south of Fredericksburg. Mm -hmm. And then if you play really well in May, it gets beautiful as you continue up to Wilmington, Harrisburg, Mm -hmm. and Rochester. But the thing I can say is last year, it was a sight to see for a little bit in the bottom. um, It was Brady House opening night, um, Elijah Green. And then you sort of saw Robert Hassel down in Fredericksburg for a little bit rehabbing. You saw some rehab things, and you sort of take small notes of that in the bottom. And one of the things I notice is they have slight little interactions. Like, even if it's on the dugout, maybe, or just sitting there or being in the same locker room, someday they're all going to be in the same locker room, like, in the near future or way off. But um, starting in the bottom of it, Fredericksburg, is just looking to get back to the playoffs under Jake Lowry. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, right? There yeah, former uh, former Jamie Duke. Uh... Yes. Such a positive guy. Um, looking to get back there. And the one other thing that people need to know about Fredericksburg is if you're looking at a decent series or a long week series, uh, I would definitely Houston single-A team is coming to Fredericksburg. That's a series just to watch because it continues with the National in Houston rivalry. Um, the Nationals really don't play anybody division-wise except Atlanta's single-A team. Um, 
but those two series they are sort of just like a preview of what Atlanta has, what does Houston have, as well as I feel like it's one of those series to me that inspires the future players that are coming up to understand the organization's history. Um, moving into that, Wilmington, I would definitely, when looking at Wilmington and who came up last year, I'm trying to think off my head, like it was Brenner Cox, right? Uh, uh, like James that's Wood. were playing in Wilmington last year. Yeah, it was. Uh, T.J. White uh was there for a while. Dalen Lyle came up uh after that good start in Fredericksburg. Uh, when I think of Wilmington, I think a lot of like their pitchers that they had. Uh, Kyle Luckham, I believe, had a really good year there. Uh, Andrew Alvarez. I mean, you know, obviously pitchers are gonna have a little bit in the better yeah. seasons there in High A. Mm -hmm. Uh, with just the way those park factors work. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was up there. Uh, Jared McKenzie. Sammy and Ponte. Jared McKenzie. Sammy. Who? Mm -hmm. Sammy and Ponte. Yes. Sammy. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think Frankie yes. Tosado pretty much played at every single level last year. Uh, mm -hmm. Murphy Stelly was up there for a bit. Uh, and then obviously the, you know, the big prospects were up there for a while too. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Brady House was there for a little bit. James Wood was there for a little bit. Did Dylan Cruz mm -hmm. skip over high A? I cannot remember. He I think skipped he... over high A. Yeah, um, so he skipped over like high that. A. Uh, Johanny Morales and uh, Andrew Pinckney were both there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't I don't know. I feel like uh, high A is a little bit interesting on what prospects are all there. Uh, Kevin Mate was there for a bit. Uh, who they think that's got mm -hmm. in the Heimerich and Delario trade. Uh, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one when they assign prospects after spring training on who all goes to mm -hmm. high A. Because, I mean, if, if you're reading into things, the Nats don't really keep a lot of hitting prospects there at high A very long. Uh, they so, do not. Or at least ones they think highly of, uh, you know, like Brady House, like uh, James Wood, like Dylan Cruz. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll be I'll be interested to see who Gall gets called up there. Uh, mm -hmm. I definitely love uh, Wilmington. I like the factors and seeing it. The park dynamics are interesting. Uh, you're a little bit more closer than the players. You're on top of them. And I remember traveling there to see them play two games last year, and it was the game that the Orioles' number one prospect, like Jackson Holiday, uh, came scouts everywhere, packed oh, in the press yeah. box. Just <laughs> Jackson there. Holiday. Yeah, yeah, just there for him, and it was it was just packed with scouts there for him and stuff. But yet San Francisco had all these places and stuff looking at it, and in my head, I was just trying to process it all. Like, I mean. You run in your head and you run through scenarios and it's like, okay, also you're here scouting the Nationals. Like, is there anything I want from San Francisco? Anything I want from like the Red Sox? If you do a trade in the trade deadline, you look at what would you want from those teams? And it's just like, I can't think of anything right now. Anything you want from San Francisco? Anything you want from uh, just Baltimore in general? And it was sort of like who the Nationals do business best with. And it sometimes seems like either San Diego or the Blue Jays pop up around the deadline. That's something more I'm looking at this year. Who do the Nationals over the past 10 years, a couple years, have the best trading attitude with? Yeah, and no, I mean, when the A's I... were good, it was the A's as well. 
Mm-hmm. And that was something I wanted to sort of look more coming into 2024. When those speculations pop up, it's just like, so, yeah, the Nationals are probably not going to trade with this team, but they have a better history with this other team. Yeah. Yeah. But um, definitely to see, uh, you know, see Jackson Holiday and uh, James Wood, I think, was on the same field at the time. It was just interesting to see those two sort of compete and take that in and sort of put it on his radar that we'll meet sometime in interleague play in the near future but um moving on to harrisburg harrisburg had everybody this year and now that the bait sort of becomes just rochester get a little taste of that or do they you know skip ahead because what you said there's money to be made if we put somebody yeah picks to be on made the roster more importantly get, yeah yeah I mean, there's going to be money, too, involved with calling up a top prospect. Uh, no, that, that is a really interesting question of who all is on that Harrisburg lineup. Because you can't have, even if you do call up, you know, one of those prospects, you know, call up James Wood. Uh, you can't just stick yeah. all of the Nationals outfield rejects in AAA and Dylan Cruz. Uh, I guess, who do you think? Before, I guess, you know, before we kind of delve deeper into the rosters, Mm -hmm. I guess in your head, where do we place all these outfielders? Because even in, like, the lower end of the minors, you still have, you know, you still have Dalen Lyle. Jeremy De La Rosa is still a prospect. Uh, Mm -hmm. Christian Vaquero made his stateside debut with the Fred Nats. You know, Mm -hmm. Elijah Green is still has all of the upside in the world. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Jonathan Thomas is going to steal... 70 bases for you in the minors so like i guess where do we play mm-hmm. all these outfielders i don't know if you've mapped this out in your head do i mean do you have any idea of kind of or do you have a preference on who goes it's... where so you have to make when you're doing it mm-hmm. you're gonna have to give away release somebody at the national club you're definitely keeping lane thomas mm-hmm. you bring up dylan cruz you keep jacob young you bring up James Wood, or it's sort of based on maturity. So in the head, you would have to look at all these players and just sit down, somehow get your hands on all their tapes, or watch all their games and see who's the most mature. Elijah Green, Elijah Green, uh, still figuring it out. Um, sort of was in and out at Fredericksburg, still building. He'll definitely be in Fredericksburg yeah. this season, and maybe late move up to Wilmington. Mm-hmm. It happened. Everybody gets moved up at some late in time. Uh, clean the house. New people are coming in. Best prospects, best draft prospects. It happens, but when you're thinking about it, um, I think you have to uh, play Uno at one point and figure out which outfielder is the AAA outfielder that has to go to AAA before they hit DC. Yeah. And it might just be everybody from Harrisburg. I think Robert Hassel goes to AAA and then comes to DC because okay. also if you are trying to compete with the Durham Bulls, that's another factor. Uh, Durham Bulls or Lehigh Valley uh, Iron Pigs, if you really want to be competitive, uh, you have to build a strong team in Rochester. I'd yeah. love to have a strong team in Rochester as well as a strong Nationals team, just like Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess, so you are more in the boat of sending 
Robert Hassel up after the season he had in uh in Harrisburg? To triple A, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I guess kind mm-hmm. of under your under Henry's perfect world, what is our opening day? Because I know we have a lot of like Rochester people who read the Nats report, listen to the Nats report. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is kind of in your head? Okay, factory in Lane Thomas is obviously going to be in the majors. Uh, I think Stone Garrett's a lock to be in the majors, right? Uh, yes, no doubt. Uh, do, do we think Jacob Young is a lock to be in the majors? Jacob Young, yes. Yeah. Okay. Is, yeah, yeah. I really, I really want to say yes. He's a lock to be in the majors, but then, uh, Alex Call. He's in AAA. He's in AAA. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. Now, here's my question for you. Do you put, because I think if you had to call up one of the two big outfield prospects, James Wood, Dylan Cruz, Mm -hmm. which one do you think makes the most sense to call up? Who who do you, I guess, because I mean, you've seen both these players play in person, correct? Mm -hmm. In Fredericksburg. In Fredericksburg, okay. I mean, do, do you have a preference between the two? in the way, in their style of play, or in where you think they are right now? I think it's James Woods over Dylan Cruz because uh, his maturity factor going to the All-Star game, he just has this pop. He has this feeling of hard work ethic as well as um, just getting on base. Like He's got this mentality that you see in the face and it's just like, his nonverbals are like, I just need to get on the base. I just need to smash the ball into the outfield. But also, he knows sometimes uh, what he wants to do better. And sometimes it's playing better in the outfield or not just hitting an RBI. It's um, trying to leave the park or trying to work on his baseball IQ. Uh, I think he's more mature. I think uh, having him in the All-Star Future game last year was a big step in the right direction. He got to see other people' baseball IQ that are at his level and some that are below his level. And it was just interesting to take that in and watch that on Peacock last year. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, I, think, I think James Wood is probably going to be the favorite there just – you know, like you said, I mean, he just has way more experience at the minor league level, you know? Mm-hmm. They're roughly the same age, right? I mean, James Wood's actually younger yeah. than Dylan Cruz, but, like, he has way more professional experience uh, in, you know, affiliated baseball. Uh, so it probably makes more sense to have him on that major league roster. Do you think he gets the call? He gets the call. And it's the last week of May. Okay. Do you think Victor Robles then, I believe he still has an option. Do you think he starts the year in AAA? Do you think he's... Starts the year in AAA, works his way up. Okay. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think with Jacob Young and how he kind of broke out, I think it makes a lot of sense. If they get him regular plate appearances down in AAA and kind of have him try to take the crown i mean obviously it can be competition in spring training as well uh 
but I, I I agree. I think we're on the same page here. Uh, so then I think what you got. Oh no no go ahead. I think what you have to do um, is give Victor Robles AAA, build it up, build him up, and then if I'm Rizzo, I think you do put him on the uh, trading block and show that he still got it at the AAA level, and let the other teams sort of work with that and see what we can get in return. We definitely need a first baseman. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think you get much more than cash considerations for Victor Robles, and I doubt you get a whole lot of cash considerations for Victor Robles. Uh, it, it, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, with what he's done at the major league level, it's uh, and the track record of what he's done at the major league level. Uh, you know, it's not that he's been up for you know he had a two-week cup of coffee and was terrible like he he hasn't been great for a while uh you know 2019 was his best year uh and we're pretty far removed from 2019 surprise it's been like five years it's crazy uh still wrapping my brain around that it's been five years since the start of 2019 (laughs) uh but yeah no uh so i guess we have alex call in AAA, is Dylan Cruz in AAA, or do you start him in Harrisburg? He's in AAA. He's you, in AAA. Okay. Just, yeah, you have you have some outfielders that are going to go to AAA. So you Dylan have like Cruz, Vic, Robert Hassel, Robert Hassel, Alec Call, Dylan Alex Cruz, okay. James Wood. James Wood makes it to AAA, and but isn't there the full season? Like he isn't there August or July. He's there May. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. So I guess then but, um, in double A, do you think then it's kind of just Andrew Pinkney? Do you think Dale and Lyle? Who who's mm-hmm. at center fielder? Is it Jeremy De La Rosa? You you see how Jeremy De La Rosa does at high A, bring him up to double A, but I think it is um, I'm not thinking of yeah, it is uh not him, but it's Cody Andrew Pinkney. It. You probably do bring up Cody Wilson, and you let the other stuff sort out. I'm running out of names for outfielders, but man, yeah, no, it's do... it that double A either that double A roster or that trip or the high A roster has like no, not a whole lot of talent. Uh, no offense, uh, to the players who yeah. end up there, but one of those teams aren't gonna have like your top 30 prospects and it feels like all the other ones are going to have like a bunch of guys and a bunch of names to know sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, if you want to ask me that question, the top to bottom thing, uh, I'm willing to answer it now. I mean, just looking at our top to bottom, or were you saying it was like, I guess who, who, who's low. your favorite prospect in national system? Number one overall, um, sort of a wild card is uh, Susana. Okay. Um, the pitcher, the pitcher at the very top. But um, the reason I like him is because I've sort of spoken to him, um, mm-hmm. and gotten to know him a little bit. Um, but I've seen on Instagram, like I follow some of these guys on Instagram, see how they're doing, who they're communicating with, and seeing them sort of work and grind on the off season. And he comes in for maybe you'll only see him if you get to the ballpark the first two innings. It's not just because of his pitch count. It's just because of how crazy 
he pitches or how high his pitch count gets. And man, the thing I can tell you is that he might go one or two innings. Mm-hmm. And in my head, because you see that, you're sort of like, he might fit into the bullpen. But also, I think at heart, he really wants to be a starter who can go, he can go three, two. And I think he can go three innings. I know he did go three innings, but I think it's I think those he later was innings. Hard capped on like four innings uh, this mm-hmm. year. Uh, at least from like checking the box score for like the morning briefing, every time he pitched, mm-hmm. he was kind of like four innings and done. Uh, which, yeah, no, he's really interesting as a prospect. Uh, I would have to like dive into his numbers a little bit more, but I feel like he doesn't strike out as many guys as you would think a guy who throws a hundred at low A baseball would strike out, mm-hmm. which is kind of a tendency in the national system where I feel like. Jackson Rutledge, with how big of a guy that guy is and how hard he throws, like, in your brain, you're like, oh, this guy strikes out the world, but no. Uh, which, I mean, that's the that's the fun thing about baseball. Uh, I guess I'm trying mm-hmm. to look look at the numbers here. Uh, 63 divided by 17. He was, yeah, a little under four innings to start, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um that's just a thing overall is just like is he a bullpen or a starter and in your head as you move along in the future they say it's 2027 and that's probably is correct like when he'll be called up officially to the nationals but it's also just more so about control more so about as you go deeper once you get to double a you're gonna have to make a decision is he a starter or does he come out the bullpen because of how many innings he's pitched yeah, I mean, do you think he kind of fits yeah. more in that reliever mold? Would I mean, I guess how quickly? Because I, I, I'm a firm believer, and you got to get people. You know, baseball is a game about consistency yeah. and rhythm. And I think the earlier you r- track a player onto that relief cycle, even if there, if there's a question mark, I think it's better in yeah. their long-term trajectory to convert them to reliever quicker. Is what I'm trying to say in a better way, but I can't think of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess. Do you think it makes more sense to? I guess. When do you think? I think there it makes go. more. How? When would you think... make that change? You make that change. You attempt it in spring training okay. with everybody watching, with all the coaches coming down from Rochester down to Fredericksburg. And you sort of sit down as well as you speak to the guy who's worked with him the most, which is Jake Lowry. And um, you sort of ask him, okay, from where he's been, how would you want him to advance? Do you want him to be in the bullpen? Should we give him a chance to come out the bullpen and come in the fifth, pitch the sixth? Like, does that fit the bill? If not, I don't know. But also, those are the people they have to sort of speak to get their perspective because you sort of have to set the plan. If we're moving this guy from Fredericksburg to IA, every sort of just got to be on board, as well as the person of Dave Martinez who keeps you, who keeps uh, him updated, the person as well is going to keep him updated that it's coming along if you're trying to move him. But at the same time, as an organ, but that's an organ- organization decision, I think. You know, overall, uh, to start moving. Yeah, no, I mean that's definitely an organization philosophy. I don't, I don't think the, yeah, you know, I, I think as a prospect, right, Sasana's lost a little bit of his mm-hmm. shine. You know, when he came over in that trade, yeah. Nats fans were 
super excited. Uh, we're now kind of like a year mm. removed, maybe I don't know, two years removed almost from that trade. Uh, mm -hmm. This Ju July will be two years removed. Uh, and I think some of that shine is washed off a little bit on him. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I still have high hopes. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy who throws as hard as he does, who has a slider as good as his. There is, it's just the command is really, and that control is really the make or break uh, for him. Moving on, I think uh, the other thing to talk about here is I think uh, something that's due for breakout season mm -hmm. um, is definitely Brennan Cox. Okay. Um, definitely, for trying to remind myself, what position? Outfield, right? Yeah, he's an outfielder. Definitely uh, a guy that comes off the bench, but eventually um, makes it into the starting lineup, an everyday type of player, slowly as the season progresses. I see him making it to double A by the end of August. And, um, you know, just having a breakout. That's my expectation is that he does make it to double A at some point. Um, like this year, 2024. I feel like he, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I see that. don't know why I feel it, but I feel like um, everybody this offseason of what I've seen on Instagram so far from some of these players is um, they're all working out. They're all grinding at their personal gym. Everybody has sort of either um, grind it separately at these big factory gyms or has moved away from their college. It's interesting. LSU has a amazing gym program um they have lockers of alex bregman uh famous lsu baseball players individual personal lockers for recruiting reasons but also players come there and work out and i don't know if dylan cruz or gavin dugas and them are using it but um some of these players who have been drafted uh 10 feels like what i've seen i don't know for sure seems like they don't come back to their college to work out like they've found these personal gyms these places that they're renting out or working in florida or something close to the nationals complex yeah no but, I mean, um, there's you know driveline tread or like you're kind of your big ones mm -hmm. it's all about these investments and all about the impacts they're making in the offseason i think brenner cox is doing some amazing work uh and is maturing himself I feel like I haven't personally seen that, but I feel after the season he had and some signs that I've seen and some of the things I like about on the hitting, the way he sort of uh, works the outfield and prowls it, he seems like he's due for an outbreak. Yeah, no, I mean, I would be shocked if he made it mm -hmm. all the way to double A because that is quite the leap from like high A. For, uh, you know, a guy who's entering his age 20 season. But you know what? If it happens, I, I props to you. All the claps for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm big then, on a... Oh, no, no, no. Whatever you're going to say. What do you got? No, no, no. So, yeah, no. Um, you go ahead. I was moving on to low. Oh, yeah, no, no. I was just... I had a prospect who I really liked. Uh, and, and I'm forgetting it. Was it Brady House? 
My headphones did the thing where they disconnect. Okay. Uh, I'm a big Cole Henry guy. I, uh, I'm really interested to see him in relief. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying there's going to be a breakout. But if there was a time for him to break out and to make that giant leap, th this would be the time. Because, uh, honestly, like if doesn't show anything this year, with the track record of TOS surgeries, not very optimistic. But if, if he's going to break out, this is the year. Uh, control was a big issue for him. The long ball was a big issue for him. Uh, there was some unluckiness with the batted ball, especially, I mean, you know, 10.31 ERA, uh, that double A isn't the greatest thing. Uh, I'll be the first to say that, but you know, struck out a ton of dudes. Uh, mm -hmm. he's on our 40 man roster. Yeah. He's on the 40 man roster. So there's clearly some optimism within the Nats organization. Uh, hopefully I hope he, you know, rebounds great. has a great, uh, season. I, I think he's a guy who, I mean, we could see him on the Nationals by the end of, you know, by the time we do uh, expanded rosters in September. I wouldn't be shocked if he was on the Nats. I also wouldn't be shocked if he, he wasn't even... on the Nats. I would be shocked if he's on their opening day, like, because they put him on the 40-man roster. They saw something in well, the Well, to protect him in the but... Rule 5 draft, but... Yeah. Oh, okay. I was yeah. sort of excited, like, oh, snap, we get him opening day? Yes. But no, no. Uh, he's a great guy. Another LSU prodigy. Um, ah, man. No, his his Instagram kind of funny. Like, there's a picture of him holding his rib because um, they had that surgery where they had to remove it. I forgot what it is. Uh, thoracic yeah. outlet syndrome, something. Uh, but yeah, mm. TOS. And they have it in, like a little jar or whatever. It's just like something about like one less rib or whatever. It's just like that is. That's kind of an interesting fact to know. Like, hey guys, I'm here on the roster. By the way, I don't have as many as you do, but you know, it comes with the territory. It's a pitcher. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I uh, I'm sure Strauss was making that same joke. That's uh, mm. in the TOS guys. Uh, sorry, my cat really Stra wants to be sitting in my face today. Strauss, I tell you, uh, the Strasburg thing. Personally, I believe you keep Strasburg. And you, you don't use him as a pitcher. You use him as more of a weapon to develop from Fredericksburg to Rochester. You sort of, if your pitcher is injured, I believe the MLB, and they're going to be out for the season, and they're just going to be sitting around the clubhouse doing numbers and things, you should sort of send them out on scouting. Like, to the younger players, personally, my personal belief is you send them to the Nationals. They start at the Nationals, go to Rochester. Like, they help these younger players develop as well as they're able to sort of report back to the manager and pitching coach, be like, here's what I saw. And this isn't coming from a pitching coach standpoint. This is coming from my standpoint. Like I was down there for three games, uh, just sitting there taking numbers, taking inventory, working with them, sort of looking at it. And I saw this from someone who looks exactly like Jackson Rutledge. Like, you know, I think if a player in the middle of gets injured, they should be used as more of like a weapon. Like after they've, recovered from their surgery but are still resting and are out completely for the season um you can send them around the minor leagues to get these players sort of connected with you you know as well as just build that connected bond yeah i mean it's a little bit different with Strasburg, just because i don't know how much of the reports you've read where like 
there was a lot of like quality of life issues with him where like he couldn't stand very long uh you mm-hmm. know sort of stuff like that uh just from the you know the unfortunate yeah. reality of that injury uh mm-hmm. and then i think i think there also reports that the relationship between the Nats ownership slash front office and him mm-hmm. has soured quite a bit because of the whole retirement, no retirement thing. Uh, so I'd be a little shocked if he was going out and doing that. But, you know, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's a good idea. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. that definitely was the Nationals goal was to have him stick around as a mentor type thing, kind of like how we saw Para do uh at the big league level first base last, coach, nah. yeah at the big league level last year now he's their big, uh first base coach uh and zim's been around a little bit too uh yeah um and then i think the other thing is someone i'm sort of low on yeah who's a prospect really that, you're, that you think is overrated i guess is another way of putting it uh i mean it's a little Not... down on the dumps you know but uh copping that I'm little tweet at... going around and I think if I'm looking at positions overall, um, I can't name them off the top of my head, but it's our first base problem. That just has to be fixed. I can't think of who we have there, but from triple A down to single A, it's just I think sort TJ of. TJ White is the only real prospect. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I... Sort of, just sort of down on that. Like, it's just like, oh, the rumor of trying to get Reese Hoskins, but at the same time, um, just that area, like you look over there, and it's just like you want something flashy and exciting to pop up, but it's just like maybe in two years or so. I don't know. I'm not. Well, I'm I mean, down listen, it, there's a guy in the draft who who you might be aware of, uh, Henry. You know, you might even be a fan of him, who is you know on the rankings is around that you know eight the twelve range. You know, the Nets pick at ten. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard yeah. of him. His name's Tommy White. Probably doesn't play third base in pro ball. Probably moves over to first uh, as a professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, you know, I, you know, you big <laughs> LSU guy. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Nobody, Tommy no, White. That, but, uh, no, no, you know. No, I, yeah, yeah so, I heard he doesn't rake the ball. Higher, I heard he doesn't even hit nukes. Hope. Like I said, I, I think yeah. – I don't know how much you listen to the podcast. Listen to me ramble. Uh, Stone Garrett would be a great first baseman. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. You know, I'll get that. But, um, yeah, no, I could see that. Like, you, you have to – the thing is you can't get rid of – you can't be an angry Nats fan where you're like, get rid of Stone Garrett. He's not performing. You have to have seniority or else – they're sort of a crumbling effect. Like, only, yeah. No, there has to be a veteran problem, in the like, locker room, yeah. Yes. Where some people are like, oh, you don't need veterans. The veterans will develop over time. It's like, you sort of need a veteran, you know, to, you know, control it. Like, I think you saw that with um, Trey Turner during the World Series run stuff. I think him and Max Scherzer had a really strong connection because Max Scherzer knew a little bit more. But at the same time, he saw the veteran locker. It was either him, it was either I mean, There was a lot of veterans on that club or had senior no, leadership. That was an old, old, old roster. Pretty much everybody on mm-hmm. there was old. And, yeah, but I mean, man, just just thinking about it, um, 
everybody that was on there, but it was just like, that's how you get it done. You have to have veteran leadership. You can't, you have to have veteran leadership. Like, you look at the Dodgers, oh, that's great. You signed two amazingly great pitchers and stuff. However, during that whole dealing or whatever, you really had to hopefully sat down and addressed how does he do with senior leadership? Like some people never check that box. Like some people partially check it 45% of the time. Next thing you know, it you're having outbursts. You're either losing the locker room or there's just failure to uh, work as a team because uh, they don't like the idea of someone having more knowledge, a stronger baseball IQ. They can't accept that. And yeah. the Nationals in 2019 were able to accept it. And I think this year, even last year, they accept it. The Nationals organization, for some reason, does a really good job when they recruit players where they accept it. They accept that's, seniorship, you know? That's Yeah, I think that's one of the uh, like managerial tactic-wise. I disagree with Davey Martinez a lot. Uh, one thing I will never be able to uh, nag him about, I guess, so to speak, uh, would be his leadership. I think, you know, he does a really good job of running the clubhouse, uh, <laughs> and establishing a really good culture, uh, in that, in that clubhouse. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, did you have any other thoughts about the nationals and anything today? My final closing thoughts is that no matter what happens over these next couple of months, training camp, if we don't get the wild card, we don't even get into a division round. The important thing is is the pay attention to the small things this season with the Nationals. And one of those things is is currently as an Eagles fan, there's talk of did we lose the locker room? The Nationals, that's one of the small things you just got to check in your head. Coming through July, coming up to the trade deadline, or even the first two weeks, you just got to make sure, like, if you are sitting there and you're listening to the press conferences and stuff, you got to make sure, what's the tone of the voice? Did they lose the locker room already two weeks in? Or is the lineup just need to be changed? Like, that's a thing. Um, a lot of things are going to happen in 2024. Uh, a lot of next men mentality. And ready sort of for baseball season, spring training to start. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what's happening. Who's moving and what is the final roster going to look like? Yeah, no, 2024 is certainly going to be a year of change. Henry? Thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining me tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with mm-hmm. you about Nationals baseball. I uh, hope to have you on again at some point in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully I can do a better job of naming names. And it's all good. Nationals I, got a, I got a lot of notes, so you're all good. I always, I'm always i always here to spot you. Mm-hmm. I will do better next time. You're all good. Don't worry about it. Everybody, thank you for listening. I right. uh, hope you all have a great and happy new year. Uh, hopefully 2024 mm-hmm. brings a lot of positive changes.